Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. We are live. Uh, Will, where are you tuning in from? Oh, man, I'm in Paris, France today. So, oh, snap. Hey, change your chat settings down to everyone on the bottom right and let us know where you're tuning in from. Will is fortunate enough to be joining us from France today. As to who else who else is in France <laughs> at 6 p.m. on a Friday? Edmonton, <laughs> Canada, what's going on? Denver, Colorado, I see you. Hey, it looks like, uh, what is that, Antonin is in France? Uh, go hit him up. Bozeman, Montana, yeah. that's one of the coolest little towns. Music on Main. These guys in Bozeman, Montana, they shut down a street called Main Street every single like Wednesday or Thursday, and they bring real music out there to the people in Bozeman, Montana. It's a little tiny town in the mountains of Montana. You've got to get out there if you've never been out there. Bozeman, Montana. Yes, it all starts next month. Thank you, Rachel. Let's get started right here. We've got a lot of people coming in the room. We're covering some great stuff. I'm going to go ahead and launch this question right here for you guys. This is kind of how we tailor the conversation to a degree with regard to who's in the room. Today, you're going to learn how to 3x response rates. This means writing better emails, plain, simple prospecting emails that make sense for your audience. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy in the room with me from Lavender, Will Allred. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me back. I, I'm clearly doing something right that you keep inviting me. So I, I love coming on with y'all. This is always so much fun. Um, and James, you do the best job at, at keeping these things entertaining and fun. So, um, and Barry does a great job of making sure we stay on track. I love it all. So I'm glad to be here. I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, it's an art. That's probably all I can say. Before we kick this thing off, scan this QR code, check out our new website, sellbetter.xyz. I'm really excited about what you guys think about that website and the YouTube channel. This, you can get all kinds of great value from the YouTube channel that we've got, Sell Better on YouTube. Go check that out for sure. Let's take a look at who's in the room really quick. Man. Nice. We got some SDRs. We got some AEs. Uh, a lot of people looking to write better emails. Shout out to the managers and the senior leadership. We need more of you in the room. Reach out to me directly at Say What Sales anytime and let's connect and have a conversation. Okay. Uh, before we kick it off, big thanks to the best partners in the business. Zoom Info is helping to make this show possible every single day. Thank you so much for being a part of our ecosystem. For the best data and insights in the game, you want Zoom Info. And one of my favorite events is coming up, Vidyard's Fast Forward. This event has great speakers like Jeb Blunt, Marcus Chan, Alexine Moudoir, and Dr. Lisa Palmer. Here is the link. I'm putting it in the chat. You need to be at this event if you want to get these insights. So this is a live event. Make sure you sign up for that. It's definitely a game changer for you. This is what you're going to get today. How to craft engaging emails. We're talking about the bodies of those emails, subject lines. Put a one in the chat if you commonly ask sales experts everywhere. What's a good subject line? It's okay. Put a one in the chat if you want subject line information. We're going to give you some insights that might be a little surprising today. And then we're going to talk about CTAs. CTAs are so important, but they've changed quite a bit. So we're going to give you a lot of insights into that. Let's kick it off right here with this framework. This is about the bodies of emails. And it seems like we have a good mix of people in the room today. So let's get started with the bodies of emails. Uh, what's a good structure that you use. You gave me this vanilla cream, vanilla ice cream framework, and I love the name of it. I almost put like a little cone in there. Break this down for everybody. Yeah. Uh, one, I, I want to call out who's in the room, right? So we have SDRs, we have AEs, 
Um, seems like a pretty healthy blend there. I, I think one of the things that I'm seeing more and more are AEs having to come back and get into the prospecting and brush the dust off. And this framework is a stellar way to do it. The reason I call it vanilla ice cream, by the way, is because literally everyone likes it. It's the most like agreeable thing ever because the logic is just very clear, right? So these first two, you're making it very obvious why you're showing up. And then the last two, you're giving them some context on, you know, who you are to ask these things about a question or a problem, right? And then you're just opening up for dialogue. You're encouraging conversation. I think there's a few things we can get into along the way in that, but one of the things that I really see a lot of uh, sellers struggle with when it comes to prospecting is it'll be like, you know, the, the management team's like, oh, Will Lavender said that personalized cold emails get 1200% more replies, which is true, by the way, from yeah. that analysis. Um, and we need to be personalizing more. And so then they go through and they like put the little merge tag above like a blanket template and they say, just personalize it here, right? And so you get this like, hey, Will, I see your you know, co-founder and CEO are like even worse. Like I see like the Braves, right? Which I do, but why does that matter, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't need a reminder about what my job is. And so when you think about why this framework is set up the way it is, you're making a observation that can be tied into something that is relevant, right? So maybe job experience is something that's relevant, right? Like, hey, going from a massive company like Looker, which is you know part of the Google um, alphabet, whatever you want to call it, soup, and you know going into a tiny startup, you know, all of a sudden now I've got like this frame of reference that you as the reader can start to conceptualize and understand where I'm coming from for the next part, which is here's this problem right? Yeah. In this example here, I saw you're hiring for SDRs. That's like my classic go-to. You could actually merge this with what I'm talking about, right? So like, let's say um, George went from a big company to a small company and now he's hiring SDRs. So I can actually add on the front end of that being like, you know, going from a massive company like uh, Looker down to tiny startup, you know, XYZ by comparison, you know, as you hire SDRs, I imagine you're thinking about the structure of how they'll ramp, right? So like now I'm starting to showcase that I've thought about it a little bit deeper and I'm bringing it into a problem. That's the key thing here is like we we throw out that I saw you're hiring for SDRs. We're helping reps at SDA, uh, at Sindoso ramp faster. They continue to improve, right? You missed this like gap between SDRs and like what it actually told you and this like logic flow that gets you to hey here's what we do and like why that matters given the context of what i'm observing so um, to me that is like the most important thing to point out the other second most important thing to point out with that framework is that what you do is really not the star of the show right it shouldn't take more than six seconds for that person to like they're like thoughtfully reading like here's what this company does, right? You should be able to get it out in like just a few words, one simple sentence, um, very short, just like, yeah, we have a software that does X, right? Um, And then you're just opening up for dialogue. You're not saying everything that your product can do. You're not like opening up Pandora's box of like, here's all the features and benefits. It's just very simple.
Yep. Simple is the way to go. And the simpler your emails are, the simpler they are for your prospects to read, thus increasing your response rate. Let's give you another framework right here to work with. This one is interesting. And I loved the play here, the mousetrap framework. Break this down simply for everybody. Yeah. So the reason I call this the mousetrap is you think about a mousetrap, right? It, yeah, they come and sniff it and then, right? You get this like impulsive snap response yeah. from prospects. And so this works well, not only on email, it also works in social. And it's because it's so short, right? What we're really looking at here is one to like three sentences of an email. And what you're getting at is like, hey, I'm noticing this. You know, usually I see this problem come up. It would it be helpful if you, know, you could solve that, right? Um, that would it be helpful is a key phrase that I'm using in there. And of course, you know, if you repeat that enough, it'll become pattern. It'll become you know, trash that people ignore. But the point is, is to like get at a core question to try to understand what's happening within their business and can you evoke that response out of them, right? Like it's almost like a priority check. Hey, like if we could do this really easily, would that be something you'd want to learn more about, right? Would that help you? Um, and so, yeah, Will, it looks like you're hiring reps. Yeah. We'd be able to get a more granular look at how they're ramping on email, right? We just took that first message and we distilled it down into two sentences. Um, or- They're also yeah. great for mobile consumption, I feel like, because they're mm -hmm. small- and short and easy to read on one screen without scrolling. And we all know a massive percentage of decision makers are reading most of their emails on their mobile devices as they move from spot to spot. So that's the point of writing them this succinct and this quickly. Plus the idea is to get a response, not to make a sale in an email, no? Yeah. Oh, and if you think about the data behind that mobile consumption, your first impression is eight times more likely to happen on a mobile device. So it's no surprise that a mobile optimized email gets 83% more replies than one that is not optimized for a mobile phone. Nice. Um, the the other thing I want to call out with this, um, if you're using it as an email or even on LinkedIn, right? There's a lot of implied context that you're kind of missing, right? And that is you have a signature line attached to your email that says, Will Allred, co-founder at Lavender, you know, we rock, here's our website, right? Like, yeah, people forget that like that exists and it's like this massive billboard that gives them a lot of context already. And so they read the question and then they're like, oh, I see what they do within that signature line. It sounds like they help with that. That is a priority, right? Or on LinkedIn, for example, they just click on your profile and like, who is this joker who's like reaching out to me, right? And they land on your profile and they see like what you talk about, what you do, that's where like that social presence can really come into play about what yeah. you do. I'm sure uh, it's, a, I'm sure it's a, a different percentage now, but I heard a percentage once that like 67% of decision makers go to LinkedIn, look at your profile before they decide to give you time. Let me ask you this question. Right. And I know this is a big one. Uh, let, me get a, let me get a two in the chat. If you make jokes in your emails, let me get a two in the chat right now. Uh, and I, while you guys are, are doing that, Talk to me about dad jokes and humor and where it fits in your messaging and how effective it's been over the years. And why is it changing? Uh, I love a good dad joke. Uh, <laughs> let's, be, let's be real. Um, our, my team knows that I will I will throw a dad joke around um, left and right. The the thing that I I come back to as a framework when I'm thinking about adding a joke or humor into an email is don't sacrifice clarity 
for this idea of being clever. People get so turned around when like they are trying to uh, come up with this like idea of something that's funny, um, something that like keeps them engaged and like, yeah, they might just not get it, right? Like I, I'm the first to like let people know I'm not actually that funny, right? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's you have to like, actually be funny if you're trying to be funny in your messaging, right? Yeah, it's like the subtlety of like, I wasn't trying to be funny, so it was funny. Um, yeah, don't laugh at me. I wasn't being funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, I, I think some of the things that can be really effective are like the self-deprecating humor. Uh, like if you think about um, this almost like power dynamic of you and the other person within this relationship, right? You're coming into their inbox where they really have like zero social contract to respond to you. Yeah. A cold call, like you're told to be confident and like come in strong and like know your stuff, right? And what we find in email is that tonality actually has the opposite effect, being like overly assumptive, like, uh, hey, I'm sure you know all this stuff, but like, listen, I'm the pro and like I can do this. At the end of the day, like I know my stuff better than anyone else, right? Yeah my job. It's literally what I focus on all the time. And so if you're personalizing an email to me, you spent five minutes trying to get to know my world. And so what we have in our data is that actually unsure tonality, tentative tones, where you come and you're like, hey, listen, correct me if I've got this all wrong, right? Where like, you just like put up and you're like, I, I just don't know, right? Um, that can actually be really effective the the place where I give caveat on jokes and stuff like that, where like you're self-deprecating is like, one, don't come across as like weak, right? Don't be like just another SDR showing up in your inbox, right? I'm just another sales rep, like nugget, like uh, nudging you today, right? Like that stuff wastes preview text, that beginning of the email. And it just like devalues and like almost like I immediately categorize the message as like, oh, well, I don't really need to read it. Um, versus like at the end being like yeah i recognize i've only yeah done research on the business for so long like maybe i'm completely off here right and like maybe that's not like the funniest joke on the planet but somebody might like chuckle at that being like yeah they came and like approached me with a, a level of honesty and transparency yeah i mean the idea is to elicit a response not always to gain interest right away or grab some attention right these things happen as a result of you writing well and being able to capture some level of relevance early on does this matter to me is kind of where i'm at in my brain i'm gonna launch this question here and then we're gonna talk about it and i'm really interested this one's only gonna be up for a couple of seconds so jump on over there and talk about it uh one of the things that I talk about often is how people scan their inbox. You and I have a very similar vibe on this. Talk to me about how you and others scan their inboxes, because I think this is important. Yeah. Um, if you're thinking about how people go through their inbox, they, uh, you know, like may have, I open up my inbox, I see a whole lot of unread emails, and I'm like, oh, that's stressful, right? So, like, you're already finding me in this moment of like, oh boy. Um, and then, I'm looking for names I recognize. I'm looking for threads that I recognize. Um, and then everything else, like it goes through this like hypercritical evaluation of what is this? Is it important? Do I care? 
And so it's this categorization exercise. And uh, I watched um, our head on community, Jen Allen, do a talk at Sales Assembly where she walked through, she took a screenshot of her inbox and uh, a bunch of emails on the page. And she said, how many of these do you think are sales emails? And within like five seconds, everyone was just responding out and calling out being like, all of them? All of them. <laughs> right? And it's like, you can smell that observe, like that automation, like out of the gate. Like I know what I can just like hit delete on before I even have to open it. And we actually see this in data. The amount of time that people spend reading an email has consistently dropped since 2020. The amount of time it takes now is nine seconds. And over half of those, those nine second reads are like under three where people are just like, oh, that's trash, right? And it's it's why when um, I look at the recent sales loft data that only 4% of emails that are going out the door are personalized, right? No wonder the personalized email gets 1,200% yeah. more response. It's like anomaly that like right. just any bit of effort to- just a little. Yeah. Um, but I think about the subject line, I think about that first line of the text and it makes such a big difference on whether or not it's something I'm going to open, read and pay attention to. Yeah. It looks like, uh, 41% of the voters couldn't decide whether it helps or hurts. And we had kind of a dead even run there, 28% and 31% on helps and hurts. It's actually a 12% less open rate. Talk to me about internal camouflage. I love this concept. Quick, quick uh, quick adjustment on that. It's not yeah. open rate. It's response rate. Response rate. Forgive me. Yeah. Which is even worse, right? Yeah. Like, okay, like they open the email. Great. But under what context? They open it under the context of this as a sales message. And then like, they're just like, oh, I don't actually need to respond to this. It's just yet another salesperson. Right. And it hurts the profession when we do this and we throw up, show up in the wrong way. And so like the, the easiest like evaluation of what I call internal camouflage when it comes to like writing a subject line is if you feel like a salesperson or you feel like a marketer would send it, don't send it. <laughs> and that means first name tokens. That means emojis. It means uh, sensational language. Uh, so like uh, struggling to get replies is a great example of that. So struggling, that word implies so much negative connotation when in reality, all I needed to say was reply rate question, right? And so like, Let's use slides as an example. Would you ever send, say like, uh, James, I'm worried about the slide deck being done for, this isn't obviously true, but like, I'm worried about the slide deck being done for our webinar today. And so I send you a subject line and like, in what universe would I say, James, struggling to get those slides done? Question? <laughs> You'd be like, uh, I'd be in Slack like, Will, what the f are you saying, man? <laughs> are you messing with me? <laughs> <laughs> but you right? think prospects feel the same way about this language? Yeah, of course. Of course. And like, it, that's where I'm just like, you know, it would be like, yeah, slide updates. That would be the, that would be the subject line if that was going internally. Yeah. Right? I would definitely feel some type of way if I got that message from you. There's no doubt about it. If you, yeah. if you hit me and said, you know, and, you know, and you even said it with that like upward inflection that I imagine yeah. people to say it with. <laughs> Totally. Like, like, ah, this is going to get them curious, right? And like, yeah. and now, like, they're just like, okay. Right. Yeah. It's super, uh, you're like setting me up for it. It's the tee up, right? I think people, like you said, they, they sniff out that tee up, you know? So let's, let's oh, yeah. give them the, 
let's give them the guardrails here. And I loved the guardrails that you gave. There's only four of them. So break these down for everybody. Yeah. One to three words. Short, short and sweet, right? Like really this should answer one simple question, which is what is this email about? Whether it's churn, opportunities, content, right? You don't want to say like, this is a sales email, right? Because then I'm like, okay, this is a sales email. But like, yeah. I would never really. open it. I would never open that email. <laughs> yeah. Find, like finding time to connect. Be like, my calendar's busy. If we're like, yeah. Sorry, I don't have it. Um, but like this neutral sentiment, make sure you're paying attention to that. So I, I focused on struggling, but it goes to the other side as well, which is like better, best, right? Um, and then I avoid the numbers. I avoid the punctuation marks. I avoid the the frills that like yeah sound marketing e right two x replies question mark right like i'm like mm, i don't know about that the the question mark one you surprised me with you said that it's it's actually a lot less effective than people think and i've heard in the past probably like 2016 2017 definitely way before 2019 People were saying like asking your impact question in the subject line is effective. It's actually less effective than you think. Let me ask this question. We have to move forward with calls to action. Uh, put a, put, you know, let me know in the chat. Do you ask for time consistently in your emails? Yes or no. That's all I want to know in the chat. Uh, I'm going to launch this so you guys can take part in this as well. Uh, a lot of people say no. How do you get the time if you don't ask for time? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, talk to me about CTAs. And I, I like this first one specifically. When you told me this, I was like, oh, this is like framing, right? Yes. So you don't have to ask a question. Uh, the data shows over and over again, zero question mark emails, right? Get the exact same response rate as one question emails. Where people go wrong is when they start to ask multiple questions. Oh, yeah. Uh, so if I'm sitting around, I'm asking you, a bunch of different questions. Um, what we find is there's a big drop off, a little bit over 20%, um, where it's like technically 22%. But like, yeah, I sit there and I'm like, hey, James, are you struggling with, you know, getting replies? And then at the end, I'm like, do you want to have a conversation about this? I'm asking you to reply to two different things and you just inevitably see drop off. And like, it gets worse as you ask more questions, right? So don't ask like a bunch of rhetorical questions and expect yep. success. I was uh, guilty of this when I first started. I'd be like, how you doing today? And then like, there's three other questions in the body of the email. You're like, why aren't they responding? They have no idea what to respond to. <laughs> yeah. And, and I will say like, there's some good ways to think about um, asking a question without asking a question. So yeah. the way to effectively ask a question uh, without asking a question is an if then statement. And the if or the then can be implied, right? Uh, usually it's the, the former, right. Um, or the, then, um, trying to think of an example, but like, yeah, curious if this sounds interesting to you, mm. that's a statement. That's not actually a question. Yeah. I am curious. What that if then does is it creates like this tentative tonality that again, lifts up your response rate in the email. And so like, there's these linguistic tricks that you can play that actually help. Uh, like one of my, um, one of my go-tos for a CTA is let me know if I've got this all wrong. It's actually a command. I'm asking you to let me know, right? Yeah. You're, you're telling them to do something it's, and it's, you're not asking them, you're telling them. Yeah. But since I'm saying I got it all wrong, all of a sudden now it like flips the script and I'm like, Hey, like, 
I might have gotten this completely wrong, right? You're asking them to correct you and people love to correct people. Right? I want to point out his body language there. You see how he's throwing his hands in the air? Try to get that tone into your emails and I feel like you might actually be able to write a little more effectively. No, this like body language that you're using? Yeah, un unfortunately the AI, like when you do that, it doesn't like take over and just keep writing, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> tell me, yeah. tell me about this uh, CTA that you have here. I think this could help your team. This is a yes or no. Uh, let me know in the chat if you've ever heard this. Yes or no. Has anyone ever told you don't ask closed-ended questions? Ask open-ended questions because they have to think about the answer. In the chat, has anybody ever told you this? Sales leader, colleague, peer, uh, other people that have posted online, have you heard this adage before? This is a closed-ended question, but tell me why it works. Yeah. So leaning on the same data of, you know, two questions versus one, right? What you find is the more that you ask somebody to think, the less response you get. And so creating a scenario where the question is close-ended actually boosts your chance of getting a response. So if I come in and I'm like, hey, why are you approaching it this way? Oh God, that's so much work for me to like come back and answer that. Like mm. you're a stranger. Have you earned that? Like, I don't know you, right? This is a cold message. Um, or like, hey, how are you doing this? Oh, let me just go ahead and share my operations of how like we structure this and we do the following. Yeah. I'll just give you all the information you want for no reason at all because you asked. <laughs> yes, of course, right? <laughs> See, it's, it's like this could like devolve into a whole like trash talk about discovery ridiculous salespeople wrong. ideas right? <laughs> <laughs> the discovery call has gone wrong okay so i uh, appreciate you showing up here today can you divulge all of your secrets right <laughs> <laughs> please tell me how you build your business from start to finish yeah um, and then i can determine if we can be helpful for you yeah oh thanks um no it's make it really easy for them to respond because the hardest thing in this entire we want to call it a funnel funnel is getting the initial response, right? That's where the conversion rate is the lowest. Um, and so when you structure it that way, when you think about it that way, all of a sudden you realize like, how do I make that as easy as possible? How do I get the conversation started? Once the conversation starts, you can start hammering with questions. In fact, yeah. data actually supports that, but you have to get the party started. And that means keep it really, really low friction. Yeah. Low friction is the way to go. And it looks like a lot of people are adding friction by giving somebody something and then asking and the data will support. If you're going to give, just give. If you have an ask after it, what was the 20% drop? If you ask for something after you give them something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 22%, but yeah. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's this like notion of just making it easy on them. Right. Um, and I, I talked about this in my, my LinkedIn post today where I was like, you know, I'm coming to you and I'm just going to talk about all my stuff, right? I'm putting so much work on you as the reader to translate that back to your scenario, your problems. This is where that vanilla ice cream framework comes into play and is really helpful. Um, instead of creating like this notion of, I need you to translate it, I'm doing all the translation for you so that you understand this is a yes or no, hey, is that relevant or not? Are you actually dealing with that challenge or did I just miss the mark? It's a verification of the challenge and you want to do that as often as possible. Confirm that they're actually struggling with it. Don't assume that they're yeah. struggling with it. Another, it another way you could do that is I could be like, um, hey, realize so-and-so might be a better person to talk to this about. 
which also not a question. I could ask it as a question, of course, but what I'm doing is I'm setting it up as a delegation instead of something you have to do, mm-hmm. right? And so when you do something like that, there's a signal you, you want to watch for, which is like, does the open tracking go up or does it like stay the same? In which case, like, yeah, maybe you send another message after that. Um, or maybe you go reach out to that other person that's like well-researched and well thought through of like, they might be a better person to talk to about. Yeah. Uh, so this has been great information. We have two minutes, so we have a time for one question and I'm going to give it to Meg here. Meg M says, will I find it difficult to make these emails about them? How, what's the ratio of my solution versus about them? Quick answer, Will. Uh, like 90% about them. Hmm. That's huge. Uh, if she's struggling to make it about them, how do we fill 90% of the email about them? Uh, try to frame it as like scenarios that your customers dealt with or something. Like, there you go. So it's like, here's what I see. Here's the problem that makes me feel you might be having. Um, I've seen other customers of ours deal with that exact same thing. We helped with our ex. You know, is that something you're dealing with? Most of that message is like around them and what's going on with them. And then you like kind of slide in like, yeah, we have something that helps with that. Amazing answer. Will, we appreciate your insights. We're going to drop Will's LinkedIn in the chat right now. Go connect with Will. You want to learn from him. This man drops incredible value when it comes to your emails. We want to thank you for coming out and spending your afternoon with us today on a Friday. Connect with us on social. Sellbetter.xyz is the new website. Go check it out. You're going to get a survey right after this show ends. Please fill it out for me and let me know how we can improve the experience that you get. We make this stuff for you. This is the reason we go live every day. Let me know in the chat if this has been useful for you. Uh, I appreciate everything that you guys have done to support this movement and the Sell Better clan as we go live every single day. We are going to see you next time. So join us when we get back next week as we bring you another stellar guest to help you sell better. Go get them. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks again, Will. Thank y'all. Bye.